0: Oh, I didn't realise there was a chat feature on Zencaster <laughs> for our listeners at home. Yeah boy. Should we just chat this out in the box? <laughs> this all feels very precarious, the number of connections that I've got going for this. I'm terrified that it's all just going to collapse. Just that everything's holding on by a very
1: thin thread, my friend. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 23 of You Never Forget Your First. I am Dom. I'm joined by... By three, two other people. Whoa. (laughs) Banass. All All right. right. I'm good. I just got,
2: I just turned on the subtitles. Subtitles on what? On on Skype. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's weird. Okay.
1: (laughs) That is weird. I'm not sure they're going to be getting it 100% right. (laughs) Listeners at home, that feature is not yet available on podcasts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> i gotta say we just found the chat function on zencaster and there's not not going to be a, an audio related uh experience
0: there <laughs> joined by louis which is the other voice you're hearing hello hello how are you, Lou? I'm good, man. I'm good. Using your new mic? Sun shining. Using my, my snazzy microphone. Your mic etiquette is miles better than Bennis and Sparrow put together. Thank Whoa. you. Thank you very much. What
1: well, I feel <laughs>
2: wow. like. I feel like. The, the I just think it's bullshit. <laughs> shut, shut <laughs>
1: up.
0: thing is, I've had my stabilizers. Tech shots fired. Tech shots fired. <laughs> I feel like I have my training wheels because you know, being on this podcast, you've taught me with a with an iPhone like iPhone set of earbuds. Now I'm graduating onto a proper microphone.
2: Quick question, Dom, home, yeah. Dom. When are we getting back to the Zoom H4? You know, uh, the H6. Yeah, H6.
1: In non geek language, that's when are we next doing a podcast in real life?
0: <laughs> that's how Ben asks, um, "When's lockdown over?"
1: Yeah. Hey man, the weather's looking pretty Audio Technica five sixty, isn't it? Soon, I guess. I mean it's it's fairly possible that me, Sparrow and Louie could be in the same place as we're kind of in like sure. cycling distance of each other. We could form a podcast bubble. Depend <laughs> just quarantine. <laughs> and then just yourself. never leave. <laughs> <laughs> Sparrow's not on this episode as he is away, I think. He's in he's doing a staycation of some sort. And I just found out that the main actress of this film also was in a film with Greg from mia on the dying girl so yeah that would be his film this would would be his his film yeah yeah Yeah. i feel like lockdown is slowly easing in some way oh in a big way bro there's a little bit of normality back to life yeah some of our episodes are staggered so this some of this is probably a little bit
0: out of date oh well in that case lockdown's right back on where it (laughs) 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 started second wave welcome back to lockdown everyone (laughs) yeah glad you heard it here
1: first it's going to be 34 degrees tomorrow i think we Mm. chose the right day to do this on
2: tomorrow has to be the day for like the brewskis and the barbecues yeah i'm not
1: sure we haven't tried potting in 34 degree heat but i'm not sure it would go very well (laughs) you never forget your last podcast (laughs) (laughs) you never forget your first heat wave heat stroke
2: Just people passing out throughout a podcast.
1: <laughs> Speaking of heat-related podcasts, I did actually discover this podcast recently called One Heat Minute Podcast, and it was where each they did so the film Heat. The oh, for Man fuck's film, sake! They did. Is it, it a minute? Every episode, episode. is a minute. <laughs> Every every episode is a minute of that film. What the fuck? They discuss it.
0: How long? How, long, discuss, is the, how long is an
1: episode? It's like the, the the whole film is like 189 minutes. So they did like they've done it now. They did like 189 <laughs> episodes or whatever. And and the very last episode, they got Michael Mann to come on. <laughs> that is but fucking yeah. hilarious. I mean, I could do it with any of Nolan's movies for sure. But I mean, anyone else? Would you get Nolan? <laughs> would you get Nolan on it though? Uh. Dennis, your 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 list of things that you've watched is again absurd. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can only assume that you haven't left your house since the last episode. You've watched American Pie and American Pie Two. Hell yeah, bro! Fair enough, <laughs> considering we did that recently. Oh, that, that was such a good uh, like
2: a back to back. Yeah, because I watched it back to back, and yeah, it's like you kind of. I was getting drunk basically to it. To the tune of the American Pies. Good movie to pre-drink to, probably. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure where you're going after pre-drinks in this climate. But- <laughs> you go to American Pie too and it just escalates. And then- <laughs> yeah, you, just- <laughs> you run out of American Pies. You're like, where do I go
0: now? <laughs> oh, how many one- did they do overall? They did like four There's or like something. Eight. Yeah. Did they do- There's like eight. loads. There's, There's like loads.
2: Ones that go straight to DVD. But the <laughs> the guy that plays um, Jim's dad is always in it. Those films made me realise one thing though at least in UK, what they have basically all the burger joints or the chicken joints you can you could ever ask for. They don't have a fucking hot dog joint and that's a business idea. I was drunk at the time. Not... But still. Wait, what?
1: <laughs> so wait, hot dog stands don't feature in this in this series is what you're saying? This sounds no, no, like it you, was all a dream. And you no, failed like... to mention this on the episode. It sounds like it was no, all a dream. It's all like a ad for <laughs> hot dogs. American pie. American hot dog. Are you being low-key sponsored it.
2: <laughs> kind of. No, but like the Goodyear, yeah, it's always like featured very heavily in the American Pie, right? Um th- That's the hot dog place, I've... and right. it just made me realize that there's a serious lack of hot dog places <laughs> in the world. What the fuck?
1: This is well, wow. This is you should start a podcast about films that don't have hot dog stands in. You can start rating hot dogs in in the yeah, UK, but... like yeah. <laughs> Um, out of all the films you've watched, which I'm not gonna list here, what's your favorite that you've watched? Um what's your recommend? The rental was very good.
2: Um and that's De Franco's um debut. Uh really liked it. Did you rent it as well? Ironically no. <laughs> 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 the rental so it's the Airbnb nightmare, basically. Four people go go on this um kind of picturesque um uh, Airbnb trip. Um and there's tension kind of With this group, but yeah, shit escalates over there, and then it's got some cool twists in that film, so I would definitely say Mm. check it out. But also, would say check out Upgrade, it's not a new film, it's by uh Lee Winnell. That's going to hit UK Netflix soon as well again for the second time, I think. Um, yeah, he gets an AI in his um, basically in his vertebrae, I think, because yeah, because he gets. It's a bit like, imagine Robocop, if you guys remember that film, the first one. Yeah, the first like, one's amazing. Yeah, uh, so imagine that mixed with... Um, it has bits of everything, like uh, Robocop. It has bits of like Limitless in, in there. It's, it's it's really cool. Uh, I would definitely say it's just that. Also, Palm Springs, very funny. Um, it's also which, a rom-com, a funny time loop rom-com, which is a fun watch. Real Nolan vibe if it was made by... Well no, it was made by uh was it the Lowly Island? Uh whatever Adam S Sa- Andy, oh, Andy Sandberg.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. whatever that.
2: But if you like slow burners, I would say Medicine for Melancholy by,
1: by Barry Jenkins is good. That's his directorial debut, right? We to yeah. do that soon.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that one was good. Uh black and white picture. Um and it reminded me of of a film such as *The Last Black Man in San Francisco*, it shared similar themes of um, gentrification and finding identity and that kind of thing. Kind of back-to-back watch as well with that one, but also *The Mustang*, a, a film back in 2019. Again, a slow burner, but it was yeah, it was uh, about a convict who who has to teach um, horses, the mu- Mustang horses, how how to be like how to how to kind of they have to tame. Wild Mustangs, whilst in prison. That's like their extracurriculum. Picturesque, it was beautiful, really well shot. So I would definitely recommend that. So th- here's a few films
0: that, you know.
1: I love how I said, which one Which one would you recommend? Yeah, 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 Escalate. It's like, no,
0: 10. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's still like 1% of the, the whole list. <laughs> 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 Just fucking Escalate. <laughs> We're a good all for it. Speaking of <laughs> Robocop, actually,
1: um, Louis, have you seen <laughs> ro- the original Robocop? No, of course I haven't. It's okay, this, this is why this is why I ask because because it sounds to, to the to the uninitiated it sounds like a kind of silly barney no. sci-fi thing. No, it it's, sounds very really serious. No. It's a very it's a very politically charged movie. Charged
0: film are you about to pull out and it was all a dream about how
1: (laughs) no no no. genuinely (laughs) it sorts out the world's problems i saw a meme recently that started talking i I mean i I can't give too much away but it kind of listed things that happened in robocop and things that are going on now and it's politicians being paid off bit of a blade runner vibe yeah but not so dystopian and not so distant it's a it's a it's a really heartfelt film as well i think with with the way that he Kind yeah. of loses his humanity
0: by becoming right.
1: this <laughs> becoming it. RoboCop. Becoming <laughs> that's that's it, the title. You can't to get fair. away from the title. Yeah,
0: sometimes titles just don't don't make it sound th- particularly yeah. cool. I'm surprised have you've
1: not seen it. No, you should definitely check RoboCop. It's it's really good, really really good film. Paul, bro, go, what go. have you guys been watching by the way? I have watched the Peanut uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, that's that a good. Was film. Um, Shia LaBeouf uh, and, and uh, 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 Dakota Johnson? No. Uh, yes to go to Johnson um directed by Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz it's yeah last year um, a small kind of indie film but yeah great i have yep, got so much yeah. time for charlotte Booth. he's he's wicked yeah hmm. yeah, yeah. For sure, and the other main actor uh, in it called I think Zach Gottsagen is he's got Down syndrome in real life, and I think it's based cast, on his
2: story, isn't it?
1: Sort of based on him, so it's cast. He was cast yeah, in yeah. the role, and you can just see the kind of camar- camaraderie between him and Childerbirth on screen, as though he's also helping him like get through. It's very authentic, Just, yeah, just yeah. acting and like being in a film, so yeah, it's great. Really, really great film. Just a really heartfelt watch.
0: I haven't watched loads, but I'd say one thing I did watch that I loved was Revolutionary Road. That's oh. Sam Mendes' film. Oh yeah. Um, that. Sam we're Mendes, still on Sam Mendes one. A picture by Sam Mendes and friends. Sim, have you guys seen it? Yeah, I yeah. have not. You haven't, and yeah, Beness, you have. Yeah, I I thought it was really good. Um, so similar vibes to America Beauty, which we obviously did on this pod because hmm. I guess some of the themes were the same. It's kind of got that same, you know, part of the story where the idea is that everything's pretty imperfect in the suburbs of America, but when you try and get out, it's got this kind of sinister, sinister backlash that just like traps you in. And mm. in the same way that I mean, I'm not giving anything away, but in, in the same way that Spacey's character in American Beauty, as soon as he tried to become anything other than just what was expected of him, everything just went south for him. There's a similar sort of plot device in this. That's, I also um, think DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, right? DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, and it, yeah. It's shot by
1: Roger Deakins as well. Is it interesting?
0: Yeah, based on a book by Richard Yates. Um, and I th- I think it's like yeah, one of the best things about it. It's brilliantly mm. directed, obviously. Um, I'm almost surprised that Sam Mendes wanted to do something quite so similar, um, but it's really well acted. It's really well acted. They're, they're, they're really well cast. And I think it's actually the best thing. I think often DiCaprio is miscast. That might be a controversial thing to say, um, but I think often it feels a little bit like with things like The Revenant, I think even things like Inception, I feel like his name being attached to the film is such a tempting offer. Is that it because given he's role. too big? is it because no he's no, no i don't think he's miscast because he's too big i just think people would would go for him because they want him attached to the project because it sells it it's such an a-list name to have on your film but i think in this one he was perfectly cast what era is revolutionary road set in set in the 50s so that i think and also i just noticed it's about
1: it's like eight years after american beauty so maybe that's why mendez kind of went back because
0: it's a different era to possibly explore. possibly like the origins of yeah it's a much more interesting
2: era Also, well, I say interesting, but it's very much different to the so the '90s era where you know um, Mm yeah yeah so like it was such a big contrast where um, the '50s obviously the the man would be like the kind of like the main breadwinner let's say of the house uh, where it's in the 90s um for example Kevin space's wife she was you know she was calling her own shots and you know having her own kind mm-hmm. of affairs and stuff even though the kind of like plot devices are similar the themes are similar it's just the way the way they spiral out is mm-hmm. are still very different let's say so mm-hmm. it's definitely yeah. worth a yeah. watch
0: definitely i watched moana for the first time. <laughs> Fair enough. Because Abby's been selling me that for years and I, I never believed it was any good. But it's actually, it's really good, you know, good music. It's on old Lin-Manuel.
1: Did you put her through watching Extraction? Because <laughs> I was going to say, this is a good, this is, this
0: is a good. I wouldn't wish that on my offer. worst enemy. Nice. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I extracted her from, from that possibility. You know, one is good. It's sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's classic Disney. Um, and it's Pixar as well. So it's kind of well, well built. It's beautiful animation. The music's awesome. It's, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, the guy who wrote Hamilton, who wrote the song. Oh, is it?
1: Wow. I didn't know that. There's, yeah. The
0: rock is in it, right? Is yeah. Any, yeah. Any
1: so there's a funny, there's a funny Instagram video he put up where he was singing along to it, to it for his daughter. Right. And his, and then like, he did the whole rap obviously really well because he is the guy. Yeah. And then he like asked his daughter like, Oh, is daddy, and then whatever the name of the main
0: character is. And she was like, Nope. Oh. <laughs> no. He's like, cool. go. <laughs> that was quite funny. It's a strong recommend. It's one of those things that you can watch, you know, it's not just for kids. It's quite fun. There's a there's a film called Inside Out, and I'm not sure if that's Pixar oh, or yeah, Disney Yeah, it is that's, it is it, that's it is Disney yeah, Pixar. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. Disney I've Pixar. W- yeah, yeah, I've watched Inside that, Out one. Was awesome. yeah, that, that is a strong great. film. Yeah. Inside Out's got such a great concept at the heart of it. I and think that went on my um that went on my that my film. your in the decade. De- your decade, yeah. Yeah, it was the only. So was Extraction, film.
1: wasn't
0: it? <laughs> 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 Anything <laughs> with Chris Hemsworth is in, is in there.
1: Cinema is reopening. Are they? Uh, is not. <laughs> w- no, I'm asking. If they <laughs> oh. were, and now they're not. And now it appears that some are open and some aren't. Yeah. So it just it's really cinema dependent now because obviously Tenet's been delayed, but this, now it's supposedly being released. Yeah. There's a weird worldwide. Catch 22 with this shit. So basically, if
2: cinemas are waiting for new films to arrive because they're not; they can't depend on the old films to to sell enough for people to, to that's, that's quite get sad. people in. I feel like they can. If Dude, someone just takes I was a... I was ready to book my tickets for Batman Begins Inception tenth year anniversary, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the these ben, guys banned in the cinema. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> just yeah. and these guys own. were
2: like, yeah, and they weren't
1: selling the tickets. So I'm
2: like, why? But, it's announced.
1: Is the reason why they're not opening not because they can't rely on old films, but because there's there was government advice, you know? To not open cinemas
0: oh really i thought they opened them in june
1: no they they were going to open them in mid-july but then they they delayed them by another two weeks Right. so right. that that was
2: the point that they were like oh yeah at least this is from od and chain uh that's the email i got
1: Pitch house was the same i think although now it's opening
2: so they were like they were like okay we'll open um as tenor was coming out karma date was that july 16th 17th and then i was like cool Let me get the tickets. Go on there. Try (laughs) try to get some extra tickets for Batman Begins and Inception because you have to. And then they're like, oh, shit. We're not doing that because Tenet just got delayed and Mulan. So they were like, "Um, because Tenet has been delayed by Warner Bros. Now we're delaying our opening because,
1: well, there's no point, because there's no new blockbusters in there. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. That so it's kind of, it was meant to be leading the charge back to cinema's reopening, but...
2: Yeah, exactly. But Now yeah. it's pretty up in the... I mean, the news would
1: have changed by the time
2: this comes out of
1: when it goes Probably.
2: out. Probably. Right? At the moment, as of this recording, uh,
0: Tenet in the UK is coming out on the 26th, 27th August, I think it is. Yeah. Um, is there not also an argument that you want to save those big blockbusters for when you know you're actually going to sell loads of tickets
1: that's my point but because I also then I you only get one good, opportunity to do it but then you also only get one opportunity to open a film be the first film back and when that, cinemas that's a opened.
2: prestige you can never buy again in this lifetime
0: yeah but do you that's prestige that's really worthwhile like you, you know you, bro if you, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, r- I'd rather let someone else be the guinea pig and then sweep well, it well,
2: in well Lou I can ask you this one question have you released a film called The Prestige that's so
0: funny you mentioned that.
2: So funny. I've got another I got another question for both of you. Have you ever watched a film
0: called Extraction? <laughs> <laughs> um that's the oscar isaac picture right actually one thing i did watch recently and i forgot to mention was um spaced i watched like all of spaced in a window nice. of about two weeks two weeks oh edgar wright stuff yeah edgar wright did it yeah and it's yeah. like yeah. when he w- when he wasn't famous with with simon pegg and yeah it's a really really good it, series it's, it's just it's come onto
1: uk netflix hasn't it so, yeah that's why yeah. i went exactly that, that was i think i watched it
0: years ago but it's um it's really strong season, and to be honest it, it, if four? you're a big movie lover then it would mean so much more to you because every scene is a reference. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. It was such a balls to the walls kind of uh, kind of show back then because obviously it was on Channel Four, if I believe, um, yeah. And, yeah. and they kind of it felt at least that they didn't have any sort of um, you know um, guidance, not necessarily guidance, but a, a person that said you can't do this.
0: They literally mm. just went for anything. <laughs> now there's loads of them around. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it was probably <laughs> just like small budget, probably didn't have particularly high commercial hopes for less. It. Yeah, and little yeah. risk and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so. yeah, they just went for it. It's great, though. It's got a very big cult following.
1: Should we move on to Das Film of Das Week? What
0: would that be? Let's introduce das us, Louie. <laughs> the 1994 Only You. <laughs> the MILF <Yeah>. version.
1: <laughs> before, before we start this, we should say that there are 11 other films or TV series called Only You. Uh, there's a 1992 film with a re- called Only You that's a romantic comedy starring Helen Hunt and Andrew McCarthy a 1994 film called Only You, which is a romantic comedy starring Marissa Tamai and Robert Downey Jr. Then Great. there's a bunch of TV series. Then there's another film that's South Korean. There's another British film. Oh, no, no, that's ours. Uh, <laughs> there's a... There's a, an episode of The Americans called Only You. And that's there's the one I watched. For this. That's what we're doing, right? <laughs> Basically, there's a lot of other Only You's, but we're talking about the 2018 film, which is by only... Harry Wootliff, I think. This weirdly this, this is this a second film in a row that's made in 2020 that we're doing? So we're keeping it contemporary. Wait, what? The 2018 film made in 2020? 20... Oh, sorry. <laughs> 20... <laughs> 20... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'd I'd written 2020. Twi- I'd written 2020 in my dog. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Um, some time bending a, going on <laughs> hasn't happened yet Nolan wins best picture hasn't <laughs> happened yet no but it's uh, we're keeping the contemporary theme by doing a film that's only two years yeah. old and this was a suggestion by none other than Louis Lucifer.
0: Yeah. Lutheran. What inspired so I this film. Well, I just I watched this film during lockdown, not knowing that it was a directorial debut just just, you know, when I was up in Scotland, looking to, yeah. you know, keep those dark nights uh busy and um it really <laughs> really touched me. It was a really good really great film. Maybe something to do with the, I don't know, I guess the intimacy of lockdown and just sort of feeling a little bit isolated up there. Maybe added to that. Yeah, I don't know. I thought this film was very naturalistic, heartfelt authentic portrayal of a relationship and the stuff that happens in it is almost secondary to that it's it's the fact it's just about the ups and downs of a human relationship between two people who fall in love and then have to face the the hardships along with the great stuff uh that that loving someone brings um and so i thought it was really mature and actually really lovely and then i found out it's a directorial debut yeah i thought it was worth it was definitely worth discussing because um yeah it just felt like a very kind of grown-up film but just something that i love because it's just it's just real life you know real life did told you,
1: well. did you secretly right. just want to want the pod to do their first romantic film and- <laughs> <laughs> is this our and first romantic what- film well are you guys are you guys
2: discounting richard curtis stuff
1: yeah what about love actually oh that's true yeah wow i forgot about that
2: somebody asked what what, what was i watching and i was like oh yeah only you buy richard curtis i'm like oh shit no
1: it's not Richard <laughs> Curtis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like it should be a Richard Curtis <laughs> It does sound like it should be a Richard it will Curtis film. Well.
1: I think of Love Actually as a Christmas film,
0: <laughs> even though it's quite clearly a romance movie. Films films are often, um, they gloss over the inconvenient stuff, right? Or they gloss over the stuff that real life brings at you. Especially, especially romances, right? Especially when it's love. You often get a, ro- a romantic relationship just neatly tied up in a bow at the end of a, a, a love story film. And this doesn't do that.
1: It might be worth... Just saying the synopsis of this. From oh yeah, listening. fuck yeah. So Eleanor and Jake meet by chance on New Year's Eve, arguing for the same taxi. However, instead of going their separate ways, after sharing a taxi, they start a passionate relationship with the mm. taxi. <laughs> no, <laughs> whilst um, inside a taxi. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the kind of premise, I guess, the setup for it. Um, but yeah, Benas, what were you going to...
2: just wanted to add to Louis' point about like how everything usually in romance films is usually tied with a bow and stuff. Like everything's neat. Mm-hmm and stuff i feel like that's a, just a different kind of uh approach to to romance films on the two sides of the atlantic i feel mm. Could, for example uh okay this one is a bit of a left field but stick with me um so there's a <laughs> uh there's a film
0: called fish extraction tank. yeah oh, so fish extraction tank. <laughs> whilst in, in a fish tank <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah i've watched fish tank i've watched fish tank set in so, uh, east london exactly
2: and that one has um a real gritty kind of English... dramatization to it while still being essentially still is a love story although that love story is a very sour one um while she's trying to handle raising her kids and her relationship with her boyfriend whatever i feel like that has a much more not necessarily a realistic term to it or not everyone experiences that kind of a romance but i feel like that's the tone a certain realism to it um where things don't actually work out the way they do the way you expect them to and then there's the other side of this, where it's just like everything's great, and you know, mm-hmm. perf- yeah, picture yeah. picture ends before they break up. Whatever. I
0: was going to say that I think with love stories, often in film, there's a tendency or a temptation to go to one end of the extreme, to one extreme on the scale, and like one is everything kind of is perfect and everything's lovely, and the other is that everything's tragic <laughs> and it all just falls apart horribly, and and this. This film, I think, rests in the middle really, really, really well, um, which is where the which is where real life is. You know, you have you have one day of of pure harmony and it's paradise, but then you have another day where you have to face something that's really horrible. And and it, it deals with that really well.
1: I think us kind of using the term love story is is probably not doing it a favor. I would say it's it's more a film of intimacy because of course you can sit here and say it's a love story and it's a romance film and and it is you know to some degree but and I will because I have my reasons <laughs> the real thing I took away from this was was the intimacy of of all the scenes and of all the acting and of and of the story itself you know the actual I will get onto you know the subject that the film kind of delves into a lot is so intimate and personal mm. And, you know, everything from the cinematography to the to the acting, to the placement of the actors, everything is so close. Mm. Everything is is about those moments that are behind closed doors of yeah, yeah. a relationship that you don't really see. It's really hard so to bring that to life. A lot of other kind of more commercial romance films are just showing you the exterior of relationships. They're not showing you the interior yeah. between two people. A lot of it is about like how these two people are in a sense of a crowd or other people whereas this you know a huge amount of scenes are in the flat mm. with just both with, with no crowd that's where I feel like this film differs and where it succeeds strongly and what it tries to do different I think is is get that level of intimacy across which as Louis said is is bloody hard to do mm. it's, and not a lot of films do it well for sure and this consistently and, it, yeah. and it, for
2: the most part this film oh, this film is about one hour thirty give or take um, for the most part of this film it does feel like a two-hander set in almost like one setting usually it's an apartment or something or like over the phone or whatever so it feels like a two-hander that intimacy is brought to life really well i think also due to acting there i feel like acting was really good here and that really sold really, sold really the premise of this, and yeah, they sold the premise and the fact that it just kept carrying on the way it did. the The reason why I'd say oh, I, I keep want to say that this is a love story and this is a romance movie, is because although Louis says like films are usually like romance films are usually tied up like with a nice bow, or whatever. Or on a positive note, this film does exactly that, and which disappointed me real well because I was like, oh, this has something different to offer in the fact that well. Shit, spoilers! Right, <laughs> I mean,
1: this is- <laughs> spoil <laughs> classically spoilers late. Um But wait, mm. are you are you saying that you you think the ending was positive? Yeah, interesting. Okay, my own. I,
0: yeah, only... I would. I, I,
1: I.
2: Like for me, I, it ended the way I thought it was it was going to. Like I predicted that one for like
1: forty. No, not forty. I'd say a good thirty minutes before the film ended. I wouldn't say it's either or. To be honest, I I feel like in in them continuing their relationship, which is is supposedly what happens right yeah there's certain there's certain acceptances and there's certain bad mm. acceptances that they have to they have to choose in order to carry on so although, although yes there is a positive ending in many ways it's it's not because they're committing to a life of potentially not being able to conceive so but there you go in that sense in that sense there is a a duality to the ending that isn't isn't just oh look they got back together and and everything's going to be happy you know they you know that as soon you know a week in a week's time from that ending there might be another argument about it but you know that they're on a different level of wanting to be together versus thinking that they might break i also
2: mean that in that in the way that last scene was shot that scene was shot like, ima- you could imagine that shit in, time in uh, Central Park, New York City, sweeping music, autumn falling leaves, nice coats, that's what that, it was. You're
1: totally right, and that really threw me, and I, I've, I've got a few things to say, but one of them is that end, the ending, the way that it was constructed, threw me, because what it was actually doing and saying was very... Was very different and nuanced, yeah. but yet the way it was put together and delivered mm. to the audience through the music and the cinematography and the handwritten writing
0: over the top mm. to the title all screamed of of a genre Like a Hollywood ending. It wasn't.
1: We well, just screamed of a genre which is not part of. Mm. I don't think.
0: But then again, I guess I guess it's credit to the rest of the film, to the other whatever 99 minutes of the film that you yeah, it's watched actually two hours by the way. Scene. Well, fine, the other 119 Perfect. minutes of the film, and you and you watch that scene not necessarily being totally not taking it at face value like you watch that scene understanding that there is a there is a sincerity to it that there is actually yeah. something quite yeah. sad going on as well as the happy side for sure and um, that's because
2: because of what they've went through for for the last like said 99 whatever minutes so there's this obviously there's history behind this scene and you you could that's where you feel those nuances that Don was talking about that the fact that this well it's it, it looks real nice here, but you know two two hours down the line, these guys will be at each other's throat again. I have one serious issue with this, and it it's more of an issue with not much with like maybe the film, but they lo- it should be called only that only them only them <laughs> <Not> only <laughs> that's them. more that's like a horror film which I'm all about <laughs> only them. um. So, okay, so the main narrative here is that the fact that Ella, yeah, yeah, Elena, um can conceive, pre- predom- presumably on her part. I the other part was never really discussed. Uh, the main, the guy's name. The guy's part was never discussed, whether he can or can't. Uh, but basically, yeah. So this and that kind of develops early on. I want to say about 30 minutes in that they're trying, but it's not happening. Basically, days go by and well, within the film, minutes go by, but days go by and stuff and they still come. Because again, the stuff is getting their relationship is getting more out of hand. Why is adoption
1: never mentioned? Um the film is about you know the inability to conceive and the effect that has on a relationship. Obviously ado- adoption is something that is a, is a resort you go to when you absolutely 100% know that you yeah. can't I mean maybe it's an option for the characters after I also think
0: I also think that it follows the realization of their problem in a, in quite a, in a way that I imagine a couple in real life would we would actually go through that journey like I don't think you get news in the same way that they didn't I don't think you suddenly get the news and then all of a sudden you have to deal with it mm. I think it's it it happens like over months and even years where you know first of all you sort of think hmm, it's a little bit harder for us than it might be for somebody else whatever we'll try this and then we'll try that and then okay we'll do IVF and okay we'll try the next IVF and it just takes so long and I think the idea of adoption comes to you you're right and some people maybe not but for most I think as a kind of as a last resort but you've got so many steps in that in that journey before you get to that point that really what this is about isn't that they run out of options it's that you're following them on this kind of really destructive path where they're actually exhausting all their options one by one they also
1: i think they also surprise themselves with the situation because the idea of them having a kid kind of comes out of nowhere and they just run with it and then suddenly what seemed like a fruitful area to explore becomes this hell for them
2: for sure yeah but also like i want to say josh was that
1: his name his real his real name is josh his name is jake
2: yeah yeah i'm guessing in the script and in the story and uh the director's intentions were the fact that he'll be this naive almost like a kid who's a 26 year old yeah again his his kind of logic to all this progressiveness never really kind of took on me all all i could see him as was this person who's yeah who has a perfect perfect idea of the romance which is what the the film is all about right this guy who has perfect idea that doesn't go to his, to according to his plans right his character until the last really the last I want to say 10 minutes the last 10 20 minutes and that central park scene <laughs> um his character never progresses and that's what really annoyed me throughout the whole film like elena's character i could uh, her I, f- I feel like her character I could yeah i say understand more yeah for sure I could understand her more
1: did you not think his character was a representation of a real a real guy that no, age no. in that
0: story not at all really that's interesting but i think I'd disagree with that i I think yeah they have very different journeys so i would agree that i would agree that eleanor's character's journey is maybe a bit more of an obvious progression because she wants to have a child can't have a child goes through that heartbreak and then reaches acceptance but i think his is also a journey where he i think his journey is that he starts as you're right this kind of like doughy eyed romantic idealistic boy where he's fallen in love with this girl and like nothing can go wrong and i don't think he can accept that the heartache and pain and bad stuff comes with that he just sees mm. the good side and i think the frustration that they have the bit where they break up basically is 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 kind of because she's she's accepting the fact that it's heartbreaking and she's in this kind of despair she can't quite realize why he's sort of like everything's fine it's okay i love you everything's cool because he's not showing that he's heartbroken too and so i think he has to kind of accept that he becomes i think much more mature throughout the the film because he kind of accepts that choosing to be with the woman that he loves means having to do all the shit stuff as much as all the good stuff well you say that about a progression. But for
2: example, look at it that the scene they get together, obviously. Uh and then she goes to his uh flat as they were he was moving out. Mm-hmm. And as they were walking back with the stuff, right? because um, in that scene there was a girl that kind of had kind of flirtatious or kind of maybe envious. Or was implied that in, Yeah, it yeah there was imp- implied. And then later it was confirmed by Eleanor. She was like, oh when did this end? And as soon as she says that, he, he kind of closes off completely and just goes on this immature little almost tantrum. And I f- I feel like throughout the film, he never really progresses. His tantrums just get different. So, for example, instead of in that scene, he just kind of stops and uh, just kind of like just ignores her almost um, until she makes him pay attention to her. And, for example, towards the end of the film, he just instead of like really facing this thing, he just goes to the bar and drinks a little bit, and just tries to make thing, things, things uh, make make
1: every, her thing. I suppose that everything's okay uh, because he just got drunk. Well, I think and, that's kind of yeah. I don't know. Like Louis was saying, I mean, and personally, I hadn't actually seen it like this, but now you have mentioned it, I think that's part of it is that he he can't accept that it isn't this idealized version of a relationship that he had. You know, he comes across as quite a kind of romantic guy by playing the elvis costello mm. yeah, yeah track yeah, yeah. um you know asking her to dance with him like it's a very romantic way of meeting someone that is often that is kind of often fueled by him i think in a way it's it's although it does, on the surface it doesn't feel like he really changes or progresses in a lot of ways he's constantly bashing up against his version of what he thinks a relationship should be and in a way he's kind of looping always looping back around to the fact it's going to be fine it'll be yeah. fine we can yes we can we can think conceive exactly. and once we can conceive then we'll have this relationship a lot of the end although it wasn't played up emotionally i thought the end of the film when he had the chat with the dad was actually mm. very insightful about relationships that was and about yeah great scene. And, I, and that to me yeah that was a really good scene and that to me was where he started to that started to dawn on him and now Glad when Louis that. said that i realized that actually a lot of it is to do with his unraveling of what he thinks a normal relationship should uh, 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 idealised relationship should be so Um, i get
2: that for sure i do but that's like 90 minutes of watching a guy bash his head against the wall until like 10 minutes until the 100th minute where the dad comes in and mm -hmm. says like yo don't bash
1: your your head against the wall just go through the fucking door next to you but that's quite in a way though that you know there's no one way of doing a character but i would say that's kind of quite realistic of real life a lot of people do do that and then suddenly have you know the the gradual progression a character has throughout Mm -hmm. a story
0: isn't always right Mm -hmm. for every story i guess also you've got Like, he's got more catching up to do. (laughs) Like, if, in a way, he's got got more change to go through than she does in this. this. Character development really is, is examining, for me, the difference between, like, romantic love and intimate love do you know what i mean like real love it's this idea that you know you go from you go from one place where so romantic love is like everything's fine so no matter what she says no matter what she does everything's fine because everything's lovely and that is really nice uh, you know and to some extent you want that like you know if you're out on a first second third date and i don't know like there's a fight going on next to you like you know you want to try and breeze past it and keep everything lovely you know yeah Uh, and that's 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 romance whereas I think intimate love is accepting that there is like moments of of real sadness and lows and and learning that the way to deal with them is not to pretend everything's going to be okay. Just kind mm. of accepting the, the the awfulness of it That's and, then move, and, and sharing yeah. that together. So
2: after she meets, Elena meets uh, her, his dad um, and everything is, gets on swimmingly. And then they go to basically, they go to a bunch of parties and there's no real development. It's just them spending time together, but no real development yeah. of their relationship or the investment in, in there. So... If anything, it just feels like, you know, uh, like a six month
1: thing. In another sense, though, it, it didn't, it didn't extend. We are quite used to films that ex- that build up a relationship through the exterior, like showing them going on a walk in the park, showing them get ice cream, showing them go on a ferry <laughs> to somewhere. This was more about when they lay on the bed together, the intimacy and chemistry between the actors mm. was kind of selling you the, you know, then now nah, they're more into it, more intimate. It, it,
0: yeah, and again, it, actually that's do so much more real. Do you know what I mean? I do
1: understand. I understand it was trying to
0: do that, but I just, yeah. it, don't. we're so used to being fed certain genres <laughs> (laughs) of things that when you don't get them you see a certain thing on screen and then that clicks in your head oh they're falling in love okay but i guess there's i guess there's i guess there's two ways of seeing it though like so 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 one is that you know you have to build it up before you can face the trauma of 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 what happens to them right the kind of the infertility stuff but I think another way of looking at it is that you don't actually get to be that intimate with someone until you do start suffering with them you can only take a relationship so far and I know that is kind of your point you're saying like you want to see the suffering on a smaller level before you suddenly get to the infertility yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah. but in a way like that's that's what's quite clever about it I suppose is that at least for the majority of the film maybe not when they break up but for the majority of the film they're them facing this huge problem in their lives actually is what bonding them together yeah. even tighter. Yeah, I was about to and say again, that. And again, that's well. quite real. Like I think you you but, find out you really find out how you feel about someone through hardship, not just through the glossy. Oh, happy absolutely. Is that I've... last, once again, not even the central park scene, but bef- ship couple... <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> We'll just delete that scene, okay, Banner? <laughs> central Park scene. <laughs> Suddenly the... we <laughs> a few scenes before <laughs> that where she's like, uh, so they break up. Yo, so as soon as they break up, you know they are getting back together. That ruined the whole film for me. I was like, "Oh, these guys I
1: didn't I didn't I, I saw that didn't. shit
2: coming. I was like, "Oh, so at first not he's not going to come back cuz he's going to say like, "Oh, I'm just over you, blah blah." But then they they will
0: end up back together. And that's exactly what happens." But you um, see, Ben, maybe that's cuz you're 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 too used to that Hollywood trope and But they um, fell into that Hollywood trying... trope. Well, so that, what you would have you, you would have been...
1: Yeah, but as we discussed, I don't think they did because they both accepted a reality that is also bad. Like, they can't conceive a child, potentially. So, that it, there isn't... It's not as if, like, everything's ha- happy flowers after the film ends. But I was going to say, would it have been surprising for you if they hadn't got back together?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would have much more taken that approach if they were like, oh, they don't get back together. And I would have been like, oh, okay. In romantic movies, you have this thing of, like, people stuff not working out but in the end they still get back together and so if you showed this film where things don't work out the way you thought they would then that the, the stack the stakes you thought that were big in the first place are even bigger
1: now
0: yeah but, but I, then- I guess a lot, a lot of this
1: film though is about the journey to that even if you'd known that they were going to get even if you'd had an inkling they were going to get back together the journey of how they got there wasn't that clear and it wasn't clear how he was going to come around to the idea that they would, you know. It also could be. That's, why the, that's why the
0: conversation, that's why the scene with the dad was so good. If you look at La La Land, right, there you go. There's a classic example of a film where they don't get together at the end. There's a, and to be fair, you could probably say maybe La La Land is breaking the trope there and, and you'd be right. It is. But I think that you could easily have, have done it the other way on this one as well and told the story of how they broke up grew apart and you know jake jake had this lovely family because he married someone who who could have kids and i don't know but i but i i don't think that would tell a stronger story as as accepting that you're going to stay with the person you love at while accepting all the pain that comes with it i think that's a stronger story you know much how much i love dissecting film titles um, yeah. <laughs> i was about one thing, to say about one film I, title well one thing i think about this is like only you has a double meaning i think in this story right the first is it's this really romantic classic love story it's been used 20 times as we've already talked about um <laughs> and it literally just means true love you know i'm only gonna yeah, fall yeah. for you nobody else but if you think about it it's also the choice that jake makes is that if i choose you i'm not gonna have kids yeah i'm only gonna have you for the rest of my life and and so there's a kind of sinister like sinister side to that that title as well
2: just as you spoke i was like oh that's actually pretty heartwarming title because um you're choosing that person over their kind of um pitfalls or whatever sacrificial kind of thing you know if it ended on a sour note basically um the title would have been changed like only you comma whilst we can do this
1: (laughs) (laughs) only you question mark yeah (laughs) just going yeah. into that briefly it, i looked at the title of this on netflix and the way that it was shot with the poster or the cover image and i'm not sure it did the film no, many favors no. in making sure that it it didn't come across as a, as love a story yeah totally and maybe agree. that was the in, I d- like i don't know if that was the intention but i just feel like the, some of the imagery they could have used could have made it more grounded in reality of what it
0: actually was I absolutely agree with that i think it i wrote it off as a crap romantic film and i wasn't going to watch it but i just thought i've got nothing better to do <laughs> so funny because i had a conversation with my
2: sister today and she was like oh what, what's the pod- podcast today what's the what's the film today right and i was like oh the film called only you it's, it's on netflix if you want to see it she's like oh only you like the, the romantic film like I, ha- I have it saved in my like library or whatever mm. like yeah, sure. The romantic film, if yeah. you want it. <laughs> um, yeah. So right, I see what you mean.
1: Yeah, yeah there's,
0: yeah. but then that's also different just levels to, th- there. Yeah, yeah,
1: but then it's Assigned. like goes back to that thing of genre. Exactly. Like, it It is sort of it, in a way. It kind of is, is a romantic the genre needs saving, film. guys.
0: The genre needs saving. It's this it's too full of crap films.
1: What any romance film that is worth its salt achieves is is when it can get those intimate moments and right. the realism, right? Before, because
2: those the, 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 yeah, the but that's, they films. come at the same time. I think often I would say that this what this film reminded me the most of is the film called Blue Valentine which i think
1: is a great film <laughs> i thought you were going to say like avengers infinity war <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> Endgame, game bro Endgame. game no <laughs> no uh, reminded me of uh, batman begins yeah they yeah.
0: yeah, same love story like um, um, can't take
2: over the world no, Blue Valentine probably would suit the most with the m- depicts, depicting the drama of a relationship and its down, downward spirals. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen it, go fucking watch it. You'll do yourself the I favor. I have seen it. I'm going to go fucking
1: watch it. So we should say the idea for this film came from Harry Wootliff, the director, her own experience of, of uh, not being able to conceive at some point so i think she has kids now but the idea for it came from there, and she kind of thought about how that could kind of turn into a romance film but also have this other angle to it and i think yeah just what i watched an interview with her and one of the things she was talking about was um how not being able to conceive has become a kind of taboo subject yeah. and it's kind of in secrecy uh it's kind of shrouded in secrecy and i think i can only imagine through her experience and, you know, wanting to make a film that explores something so personal that she felt compelled to kind of write something yeah, that would show that. Sure. Because it, it, and there's a lot of scenes in this film where I kind of, I like winced, you know. Yeah, yeah. Some some bits I really winced at and other bits I really, I don't know, it, I guess I was kind of watching it going like, I can't really think of another film that explores this topic, yeah. but also through the lens of
0: of a realistic mm.
1: couple that, you know, takes place in the UK. Mm
0: as well it's so relatable even though even if you haven't been through it you can really put yourself in those shoes yeah i don't it it seems bizarre doesn't it because you look at the statistics on this stuff and i was looking it up earlier i think there's about 12 13 percent of couples struggle to get pregnant um which means you almost certainly know people who who struggle and and i mean i i do know people who, who struggle but what's really interesting is and I think actually, I watched this same interview and I think she was saying the same thing, which is you often find out from people after they've succeeded in having kids that they went through IVF. Like they'll happily tell you, oh, yes, so actually we went through IVF. But you very rarely come across people who are kind of open about the fact that they are struggling to have children or they're struggling to conceive. And it's so, I don't know what the why that is. I suppose, you know, I suppose people's sex lives are always fairly, you know, considered quite intimate, but it also just goes down to the core of what it means to be a man or. A woman to mm. be able to make children and I guess that means it's, that it's fe- it, you, you start to impose this kind of shame on yourself if you're not able to fulfill that role a sense of yeah.
2: inferiority I, I, I think uh, and that's not because it's meant to be there it's just because we become so stigmatized um, mm. mainly because you know for example imagine yourself like if you have brothers and sisters um everyone around you has their you know set of kids whatever. And then imagine you're the one that can't conceive or whatever. And you know, you have to go through all these measures to potentially maybe even get, you know, conceive. And then when that doesn't work out even worse, so then you think of yourself, like what is wrong with my body? So it becomes very much internal
1: in that sense. I thought that was captured so beautifully at the end with with the chat with the dad, when he asked him like, you know, so if you, if you're going to, if you want to get back with her, are are you okay with the fact that you can't have kids? And, the way that he acted, the way that he kind of put his head on the table and his dad put his arm on him. And it was just, it was such a great moment because it was like, there are no words that you can really use to express that. Yeah, like, and like yes, I am, it, won't, just won't suffice, you know? It, yeah, the way that they kind of... they kind of, He said yes through his body, in a way, was, like, so visceral, mm. which is what a lot of uh, certain scenes of this film are. They are so everyday and then suddenly so visceral. Mm. It's like, when she's at work, kind of injecting herself, it's like, you just, you know, someone could be doing that, yeah.
0: that you know, and you would never even know about And probably it, so is. Just, <laughs> like also, probably also yeah. the, the odds are so... That's exactly.
2: exactly. Stuff about the you know the scenes where she's injecting herself what i really like what it showcased is the fact that she's been uh, the scars the scars the, the fact that she's been trying to so it's not the thing that she's t- taking this lightly she's constantly been trying to you know everything she go- kind of goes through on a personal level
0: None of that is enough. I'm going to say one thing I think it captures really well is the, for a two hour film, the relentless like duration of time that you have to be in limbo if you're in that situation. Talking to people I know who who are going through this or have been through this is the hardest thing to bear isn't the kind of the news or the kind of like period of a few months where you're trying to make it work or whatever. It's the kind of literally years of going from hope to disappointment back to hope back to disappointment and and that's just it 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 really breeds this kind of anxiety and this thing that you can't really focus on anything else in your life and i think it did that really well in in her character specifically and we briefly touched on this earlier but where you know like her first reaction to it is it's bad news but there are things we can do and you just see it just wear her down over over a matter of months it's a good time to mention the cinematography because it's shot quite quite close
1: to people's faces it's quite that you can imagine on set the camera was right in front of them i think even josh o'connor was saying that the, their relationship with the dp was so <laughs> intense because he was always there but i think that not only does that get across the intimacy mm. well or support it but it also makes it quite suffering when things get bad because there's never getting, any no one else to look sorry not suffering it makes it so suffocating oh, right, yeah that there there genuinely isn't any room be, beyond both of them, yeah. you know, beyond this problem they've got, it's con- all consuming and so traps you. Yeah. I did read as well, for anyone interested, the argument scene they did about six or seven times. And apparently, Josh O'Connor lost his voice during it because <laughs> each take was just so. Because that fight scene goes on for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It goes on for like five minutes,
0: yeah. which is. And it has kind of ups and downs as well, it kind of has peaks and troughs. I think everyone's experienced
1: a, a flavor of that in their life in some way. Yeah. And, it,
0: uh, and like... Just exasperation.
1: I think that's the thing about this film is to see a lot of scenes replicated on screen that you might have been in yourself <laughs> makes you feel uncomfortable. So, <laughs> Like, obviously not to do with the conceiving thing from my perspective, but I just... Seeing the certain scenes, you know, similar emotions, played out, even if it's not this. Yeah, I was just reason, like, yeah. I'm liking this, but I'm just also like, wow, it's so close mm-hmm. to the bone mm-hmm. that you really feel that. Um, and that's where I think this film succeeded for me most was representing that. Yeah. It was meant to be set in Leeds. It was it ended up being set in Glasgow because it had Scottish funding. Right,
0: right. Because I think
1: Harry Whitniff is from Leeds. So it was going to be.
0: Yeah, I think it comes back to the acting not just the acting being really good because they're great actors which they are but also I think they were very well directed to allow that to happen like they often I I can't remember where the phrase comes from but I always heard that good acting is is real emotion in imaginary situations and I I got that feeling that when they were fighting when they were sad they were they were really experiencing those emotions and I think that's that must be because they developed an intimacy as actors they must have kind of just you know really got to know each other they had these they had these settings like the flat where it must have felt very claustrophobic and intimate because they were just there for so long and they were just allowed to it seemed to me like that it wasn't choreographed very tightly it seemed to me like they were probably just allowed to roam this flat and exist yeah. as a couple, so those fights, yeah, I think they, they felt really real. It's a real ownership
1: of a character's life when you can have those locations, but I don't think any of it's improvised. I think it's all from yeah. the script. Um, impressive. No, it, just... it
2: also didn't feel improvised. Like some some parts you can just tell, but these guys, there was some like you know when a word cuts to the bone, like an insult cuts to the bone. It it yeah, none of that felt
1: improvised in this one. No, not I no. And the I, yeah, I would say the, in the, the in at the, least in those uh the fight scene fight the fight scene yeah, yeah that i was going to say that some of the way that it was put together was just so it was so graphic language Horrible, yeah. and like body language but the thing
2: is so the way like you would just say like they were free to roam maybe because of the way like uk flats are done or whatever because obviously everything's so tight space there it even puts it in a even bigger like uncomfortable situation when you're in such a small kitchen between two people that are fucking yelling at each other Mm, telling one to go (laughs) fuck himself and one to get out, you know, you're like, oh my god, I'm just like... (laughs) It's (laughs)
1: It's one, of those, me out of here? it's one of those, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
0: another really good example of Dom. You were reading a book recently, weren't you? Like Beauty of Constraint or something. Oh uh, right, um, yeah, yeah, the, um, a beautiful constraint. Yeah, and I guess and about how limitations make you more creative. Exactly, exactly, and and it, it's probably another example which we have talked about on other episodes of this uh, around where a limited budget means that your approach is shaped slightly differently, and that can sometimes really benefit the the process. Like if oh, yeah, this was sure. if this was really carefully choreographed and every setting was you know they had stand-ins and all that kind of stuff then you just wouldn't have had the same raw emotion come out of it.
2: Like this had this had the neo-realism of don't know who's seen it but like a film like imagine like a Marriage Story so that film was very
0: ho- very
1: Hollywood less less stylized than Marriage Story
2: exactly so this was this was like neorealism of Fish Tank yeah. if you've seen it. Of the same kind of things that
1: Marisol kind of goes through, although not not exactly the same. The main actress who played Elena, I thought, was brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, for sure. There was a really interesting thing about how they were both afraid of inheriting bad things from their parents. Oh yeah. So she was afraid of, of being this mom. cold. Yeah, but this cold kind of demeanor from her mum plagued her and also made her almost want to. You, you, like she just wanted to get it out there and be like you're not gonna like me because of this are you like mm. she kind of made it more of a problem than it than it actually was because it wasn't for him and he was worried about taking the path that his parents had and the fact that he his mum had died um years before i think he had a, he had a fear of basically ending up like his dad i think so there was a sort of yeah
0: interesting. I don't
1: know, there was just an in, there was an inherited talk i mean the fact they're trying to conceive and then you're talking about generations so mm. it's just an interesting
2: yeah that's true Essentially, like, um, let's say if they didn't have that conversation, dad and Jake, if they didn't have that conversation, you know, at the end, he would have ended up like his dad. And, uh, you know, if they didn't get back together, let's say for that central se- scene, she would have, she well, potentially, she would have been that cold, cold-hearted cold person. Because, you know, that, yeah. there's a scene um, when they break up and she goes to, uh, I think it was a wedding or christening? Yeah, and she sp- she speaks to the dude who, who a cigarette was, i think yeah
1: yeah having a cigarette Yeah, he, he the one who wanted to get with her in the party yeah at the exactly so real, yeah that, that scene yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly exactly and he's you like you did wonder like was anything gonna suddenly yeah, happen yeah. between them that yeah. that was the first in first thought right
2: like oh these guys seem like perfectly set up to kind of either get with each other or whatever but you know there's that that scene where he's like oh you know couples go through this shit, you know, it's not like it's forever. Like, cause he was, he was separated from his wife or just like split for a second. And she, and he's, he asked, how, how are you and Jake? And she's like, oh, we're just you know, for the moment, even though mm. it was bef- a scene before that, it was said like, oh, if I leave, I'm not, I'm never coming back. Obviously that was a key scene for her think rethinking that whole thing. Cause she was like, as soon as she heard that, like couples go through this shit and it's fine to, to, to be in a bad place. She, that's when she was like, oh, we're just going through a small step.
0: It might be a little bit of you know denial there but it's also probably just an accurate depiction of how you feel when you're coming out of a really serious exactly really long relationship exactly. where you just yeah exactly. you just still feel that's like you're I, connected to that person
1: i think that's what this film did well is to not force a point of view on you you know like we were just saying when she met that guy outside like you're already as the audience thinking like Oh, they're going to get together. Like you're you already project. You're projecting your own yeah. kind of experience on it, yeah. and I think that experience a lot of the times as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know you'll notice with a lot of great films that they they actually do deconstruct sometimes the genre they're in. The, the thing yeah. is,
2: even the way it's filmed. For example, that scene, that particular scene, um, it's never filmed like she's glossing glamorous or whatever the fuck you you think. It's filmed in a really kind of like mid shot every day yeah Yeah. mid shot two people having a cigarette whatever so it's yeah. all easy as yeah. uh, natural as it goes and it goes on from there to, to construct this point of view of these two people just actually hashing it out hashing their yeah, problems yeah. out to one one another. He seemed he seemed pretty sound that guy. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah he was solid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was just <laughs> a good way of, it was a good way of showing growth as characters wasn't it? Cause, you know Yeah you so, so for me she did start back to when they were just so, like silly teenagers dancing around a New Year's Eve party and that teenager that, yeah. right, sorry
2: that ginger guy I think it was ginger he did more of a for me at least uh, and sorry if if anyone feels different but he had a bigger growth of character than
1: Jake <laughs> this was uh, it was all a dream for you what because it was what, all his because story he, because he broke up because him and his girlfriend broke up didn't meet like, Fiona no, no 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 my point <laughs> is
2: my point is he he could have gotten with Elena at the beginning right he didn't fine Cool, no worries. That wasn't his
1: choice, though. Yeah, no,
2: no, of course not. But he moved on. He He got on on with his life. He moved on. He moved on. on. Then he he, he got himself a girl, and essentially (laughs) she got pregnant, building family, getting more mature you know as things grow and then <laughs> love, when, when love things it. fell to shit he didn't say like you know i'm packing it in uh, if i leave i'm never coming back he's I'm like sorry, no, to this be is fair, it was all a dream right here. we can't we yeah.
1: can't speculate we can't speculate on his character because we have no we saw idea what like his... no, he, he, he did chose... outside was just go like yeah we split up didn't we yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know actually one thing and i that would still say was more character building which now you've mentioned actually is a really good point is that he um the story he tells is one of those things about like how annoying it must be when you hear if you're struggling to conceive when you hear from somebody else that they conceive by accident yeah (laughs) and and having to like roll your eyes and be like jesus christ so hang on so your life was fucked up for the opposite reason
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right
2: so you want
0: this kid Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I but, quite liked how they both were. Then like, should we go in for the desserts? I don't really know what this <laughs> thing is, but let's just go in. I don't know. It was just nice. Yeah. Very, very realistic. Yeah,
2: I do think it's it's a good film. I think pushed stronger by the great, the very good performances that. that yeah, know, good performances. That came through it. Um, but when I actually just finished watching that, I was like, "Hey, well, fair enough, it's not for me, which is fine." Bunch well, of films. So this is definitely the episode for you. What are you on about? <laughs> R- Richard Kerr is my boy, Richard. <laughs> (laughs) curse um no no but actually having talked through it obviously there's uh i feel like there's there was even more to this film than i realized which is great actually yeah um perhaps i I would definitely consider maybe uh recommending it to to yeah i was gonna say i feel like it's
1: it's it's kind of one of those hidden gems on netflix that you might even scroll past for reasons we mentioned because of how it looks yeah. but mm-hmm. actually yeah. for sure. the story of it is is a lot more realistic
0: well one just point that because the elephant in the room that we haven't discussed yet is that you know I guess love stories the stereotype is that love stories are for women and not blokes and we're all blokes on this on this car or podcast And the last the last film we reviewed <coughs> for right. a so <laughs> <laughs> so so, no, no, but, but, but what I'm saying about this film is that um, one of the things that's so great about it is it examines it from both genders, right? And I think you can really relate to the pain of both characters despite where you come at it from. You would probably take different things from it because of what I said earlier about the idea that attitude that you have towards being able to have children when you're a man as opposed to when you're a woman, they must just be slightly different feelings. And I think that goes into how the two characters experience the difficulties differently. But it would also mean that I think different people would take different things from this film so I'd be really interested to have this conversation with someone of the opposite gender just because I think it's 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 an interesting topic to have that discussion about
1: definitely some of my favorite film you know one of my favorite films is Jane Maguire which is like seen as like a guy, a guy's chick flick in <laughs> yeah. a lot of ways but but. Yeah, but I mean it's a it's a great movie. And the the before sunrise films, which are, you know, some to me are very romantic movies but also very realistic. So There's those marketing guys. Yes. <laughs> this is the first film remember like, yeah, yeah. and to talk about this she's going on to make a film called True Things About Me um, which follows a young woman living on the fringes of society who becomes intoxicated by a stranger who overwhelms her quiet life
2: I mean I'll, I'll watch it but it's so vague
1: <laughs> the fact that they were in the taxi and then they made love with the taxi or something is the synopsis <laughs> or in the this.
2: taxi whatever
1: yeah gotta say one thing her first actual short film Knits I don't know if anyone managed to watch it I did but yeah it's very interesting to know the subjects of that film in relation to Only You. Yeah, family. yeah. I, found, I, I watched it and I was like, oh, shit makes sense. So that film can be watched on her website, harrywoodliff.com. Well, or Vimeo. The premise of the film is that it's a young boy whose parents are supposedly coming home from hospital with his new baby sister. And for whatever reason, they lost the child. And it's about how this young boy is, I guess, supposed deals with it. So you've got the loss of child there. Well, not, not that that actually happened in Only You, but you've got the idea that yeah. people can't conceive in some way. Right? Yeah. You know, already-
2: I thought that in retrospect, for example, when I watched it, I was like, okay, so in Only You, she's grieving a child. She's grieving a child she she never had. She could never have. Mm. Whereas in this one, she tangibly had a child here and she's Mm. grieving that and so and she's grieving so much so that uh she kind of forgets about the child that she does have
1: yeah so that i thought that was interesting yeah that's an interesting comparison though in a way that like with only you they kind of come around to realizing what they do have together yeah yeah
2: exactly so this one was a bit different but much the same that central park scene needs to go
1: fuck itself
2: (laughs) (laughs) change the central park
1: scene scene. (laughs) the poster does look like it could be called central park and it would somehow (laughs) just kind of fit
2: and it will sell
1: it was a very interesting film to do we've done our first action film our second romance film i mean god what are we gonna do our first alien film toilet film (laughs) (laughs) no we we need to do a war film
2: guys we haven't done that a war we We do
1: need to do a war film that'd
2: be good uh I'm, i'm i'm thinking come and see the most depressing one. Let's,
1: let's start on a down. <laughs> that that would be a very hard film to do, I imagine. Yeah, but we be. we could do it. Yeah, we could do um Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> no. Well, uh, Rescue Matt Damon again. You know, there, there'll be a film somewhere. You know, a war film for a debut is quite bold when you think about it. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's true.
0: Yeah, big, I wonder if big, anyone's like...
2: done that. To be fair, i one about the painted bird. If that is a uh, debut.
0: What about the um, well? It's not the um, son of Saul. It's not really a war Dan film. Kirk? It's
2: son of Saul is a debut.
0: It's not um, it's not a war. Yeah, but it's film, not really a, it's, a
2: war film though.
0: Well, well no,
1: no true. consequence
2: of war. Schindler's List.
1: <laughs> yeah, if it was a first, which it definitely is. Well, we
2: can ignore his other well, Schindler's. <laughs> 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 God. he did Jaws right I can't remember if he did <laughs> or did it, he do Black. he did uh, Walsh already... <laughs> guys let's do, do <laughs> Fucked the thing that is we time. already did his like filmography <laughs>
1: yeah alright guys this pod is turning into longer than the extraction episode Sam Hargrave yeah <laughs> even though even though I have to say only you was two hours long it like... we watched a two hour long film it's not an hour and a
0: half it felt it felt it felt so like an hour clearly and a half. somebody skipped it <laughs> I just I just skipped straight to the Central Park scene. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it on repeat.
1: I feel like you could CGI Starbucks cups into that scene, and it would just kind of fit somehow. Joggers, like, I don't know why. probably good. You're really good. Um, yeah, next uh, next episode, we do not know what it is, but we do know that do our know- friend Sparrow will be back on. So it, I was about be, I was about to ask. He'll be back everyone. on, and he'll be chatting about some Malik, no doubt. Uh, we look forward to that. So it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Central Park. Yeah, goodbye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's goodbye from uh, Louis. Bye bye now. Couldn't think of a funnier yeah. <laughs> uh, name. Oh. Bye bye from Bye, y'all.